Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody, and Merry, Merry Christmas to you. Thank you, sir. Hope we had an amazing Thanksgiving. North location, let's join by, we're joined by the plaza right now. Let's say hello. One big family, we love you. Hey, stay standing for a second, um, because it really is the most wonderful time of the year, despite the weather trying to kill you. Uh, We have a lot to be grateful for, and uh, I would love to just have the honor to celebrate with you that as of last week, we have fully funded the construction of our House of Hope. Come on, Plaza. Come on, North. It's pretty amazing. I just want to say thank you. I'm so grateful. Come on to be a part of such a generous church, such a sacrificial church. I love that on Thanksgiving week, we get to say thank you, God, for allowing us to be a part of something that's bigger than ourselves. And I just think it's amazing. And uh, my, 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 my favorite part of it all is that it really wasn't just a handful of people. There are hundreds of people that gave to opening up that, that permanent space that we have to reach out to the community, to change lives. And hey, just get a picture picture with me in the very near future. Like it'll be open in January and we'll, we'll start the outreaches in, in February. Think about the, the moms and the kids and the families. who they, They're gonna be thanking God for the help that you're bringing, for the hope that you're bringing. And for every story of every changed life, we will get to say, hey, what an honor. We got to play a part in that. Come on, let's be grateful. It's pretty awesome. I'm very, very thankful. It's been a dream in Liz and I's heart for many years, and the fact that we're just on, just on the horizon from it being an absolute reality, thanks to you. So um, I don't get to say this all the time. I'm taking a little longer than I normally would, but I just want to say thank you for your giving. Thank you for your sacrifice. I promise you this. It will be worth it. Every single story, every single changed life. You're, you're an incredible church. It's a great honor to lead you. And uh, we're going into great places in 2020 together. Amen? Hey, let me pray, and then we'll grab our seats. Lord, we love you, and we thank you for this day as we're coming around this, this beautiful season of Christmas. Hey, for some people, God, we know it isn't always a season of celebration. It might be a season of struggle, but they do not struggle alone. Not only do they have a church, they have a God, and you are for them. Lord, would you remind them of your faithfulness, of your goodness? Would you bring your peace? Would you bring your joy? Would you bring that thrill of hope back into all of our lives? We have open hearts. We have ready ears to hear, to obey, to receive, and to grow. As you speak through us through your word, Holy Spirit, we invite you in, and we thank you for this day. Something special is going to happen. Lord, we pray as if the Raiders are in town. It's an evil nation, but there is a holy kingdom. And all those in favor, say amen. Amen. Okay, we're having jokes in church. Amen. Come on, grab your seats. Plaza North, we love you. Man, the House of Hope, I'm so excited about it. Uh, Before we get to that, though, I do know this, and um, there's real need in our church. And you're coming around Christmas, and maybe you don't know how you're going to make ends meet. Maybe you don't know how you're going to make Christmas special for your family. Also, this time of year can be the season uh, that is supposed to be filled with so much joy and celebration, but it can also be a season filled with some frustration and even depression. 
In fact, they tell us that this is like, for some people that struggle uh, with just the ups and downs of life, this could be one of the roughest seasons that we're entering in right now. And so I just wanna say, if that is you, you are not alone. Every one of us have been in a season of struggle in some way, shape, or form in our lives. And my word for you is that don't go through it alone. Uh, that's why we have a church family, and that's why we're here for you. But I would just say this, if you are feeling the weight of it all, whether it's an emotional stress, uh, just a struggle, or maybe just a financial difficulty in this season, in, in Galatians uh, 6, it says to do good whenever you can. And it says start with those closest to you in the family of faith. And so I would hate to just be the church that's talking about reaching out to the rest of the community and not take care of our family. And even if you're brand new here, you're just a part of the family. We welcome you in today. Um, you're stuck with us. You have a weird ginger pastor, and we love you. Uh, but if you're in a season of struggle at all, would you just put it on your Connect card? You could go to the welcome spot if you feel comfortable. Not say, hey, I just need some help. Put information on here. You don't have to tell the whole story. We will reach out to you. We would love to help you the best that we can. Prayer, support, any resources that we can just to get you not just through this season, but make this an amazing time of year for you and for your family. And I do believe it might have been a rough year. It might be a rough season. 2020, I believe, is going to be a great year. But we got one month left this year. Maybe you haven't seen God do all the things you've been believing for this year. But guess what? We still got some time left. I believe he's going to do something amazing. And at Hillsong Globally, uh, we're talking about the thrill of hope which is amazing because we actually had that as a series in December, I think three years ago, which means we were first. And that's the first and only time that probably will ever happen. Uh, but I thought that was pretty cool. But in this season, you might not be feeling the thrill of hope. Uh, but I got a message today, I think through the Christmas story, uh, I think it's gonna bring your hope back. Uh, I think if you lose hope, uh, it's not long before you lose faith. If you lose faith, you're gonna lose your way. The Bible tells us that faith is a substance of things that we're hoping for. It, it, the good things of God start with hope, which means we have our head lifted up looking at him as our source, as our strength, as our peace, as our provision. And when we start looking at the world around us and maybe what hasn't happened yet, we get deflated and defeated. But friends, I'm here to tell you, you're going to get the thrill of hope back. In fact, I want to speak today about keep hope alive, that we can keep hope alive. God has already done the heavy lifting. Jesus has already finished it at the cross but today you need to know there's a part for you to play to keep your hope up, to keep your perspective right, to keep your heart healthy so you can, you can walk in everything that God has for you. The song, Oh Holy Night, says that the thrill of hope. That's where we get it from. The thrill of hope, a weary world rejoices. So even when you're weary, even when your world is weary, some, even when you feel heavy burden, there is still something to always rejoice about. We definitely live in a weary world. Uh, Jesus was born into a, a weary world. Uh, the truth is, the people that Jesus was born into, the Israelites at that time, God's people were under heavy oppression. Uh, they were under Roman rule. Uh, they, they, not only that, they had unbelievable, like strict um, religious legalism that took all the joy out of God. And here were people that Jesus was born into that many, many, if not all, that he was around were in poverty or in some sort of struggle and oppression. And yet Jesus knows how to come into situations like that and bring hope, bring life, and bring salvation. You know, from the prophecies of the Old Testament, which we'll look at one in just a moment, to the, the, the star that guided the wise men, to the angels 
that we'll look at today that showed up to announce the birth of Jesus to the shepherds in their fields, I think it's pretty obvious that God didn't want Jesus to be a secret. He wanted the world to know that there is hope. And I would encourage you in this season, in your own life, this is why we need you to get your hope up, to get your faith strong, because you're to be that gift of Jesus to someone else's life. And if you've lost your hope or lost your way, then the light of hope can't come through you to the world, the world around you. But we're going to keep hope. We're going to keep hope alive. See, the thing is, we need to understand is the Israelites, God's people, had heard the promise of what God was going to do for generations. That there was a Savior, there was a Messiah, there was a one true and lasting King that was coming. And yet, from the time that they got the last prophecy to when we open up our books in the New Testament for the birth of Jesus, this Christmas story, you have to understand there were 400 years in between. How I many know that's a long time to go without, a, without hope happening? without the reality of the promise coming to, to pass. The people hadn't heard from God that we have documented in our word of God for 400 years. In fact, Malachi chapter four, Malachi is the last prophet, the last book of the Old Testament, but he's speaking of the hope that's on the horizon. He says, behold, I am going to send to you Elijah the prophet. Before the coming of the great day of the Lord, he will restore hearts of the fathers to the children and hearts of the children to their fathers. In other words, he's saying, hey, God's family is going to be restored. I'm sending a promised one. And yet there's 400 years of silence. In Proverbs 13, verse 12, it says, a hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I wonder what hope that's been deferred that you've been believing for. What expectation you've had that's gone unfulfilled in your life or in your marriage or in your career the one dream you've had that seems like it's died off years ago, that because it hasn't happened in the timing you thought, has caused your heart to go sick. I wonder where you might be hope sick, where you might be lacking peace or joy of that unfulfilled dream, or unfulfilled life. What have you waited for that seems like it's still just as far off from when you first believed it would happen? I'm here to encourage you today. You can keep hope alive. You can lean in to the presence of God, and I do believe this. He doesn't always work on our timeline or our ways, but he is always faithful. Yeah. Promises that he made to you. If you, something in your heart, let me, if you want to know if it's a God dream, if it's good for you and brings glory to God, that's a God dream. And if you have one of those that hasn't happened yet, you have got to fight and hold on to your hope. Because what the enemy would love to do more than anything is to deflate your hope, your perspective, and your expectation, and to tell you that God isn't going to do that good thing, that God thing, that you've held on to that promise. And anytime we've been waiting for a while, it's easy to get hope sick. I just want to encourage you, you're going to get the thrill back. The thrill of hope is coming back to your life. You know, growing up, my brothers and sisters are a lot older than I, which I remind them on their birthdays every single year. Uh, so for many years in my life, I was kind of like an only child. And if only, you know, kids that grew up with, 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 as the only child understand, like at Christmas time, it is a great time. Like you might want siblings the rest of your life, but on that day, December 25th, you are grateful that you are the sole heir and proprietor of your family because the gifts are numerous. And in my family, um, we went all out at Christmas and we always had the big gift at the end. Like the, the big gift. I think 
wasn't always like the most expensive or not even the best gift. It was just whatever the biggest gift was. And I think my mom just got worn out from rapping and like this big gift. She's like, I'm getting carpal tunnel. I'm over this thing. And so after I'd get through all of my other presents, I would always kind of hurry through those because I knew the big gift was on the horizon. And even when my siblings were back in town, like I opened up that big gift or I received it right in front of them, which was awkward for them. They're not as loved as I, the Omega child. And I remember, though, many times just kind of blowing through every little gift because I just was in expectation and wanting to know what the big one was. Listen, hold on to your expectation that there's something big on the horizon. But do not miss every precious gift that God has for you every day. In fact, that's the way that you can keep your hope fueled up and filled up is when you're looking not to what is yet to come, but what has already happened. The truth is we have it really good here. I know there are a lot of testimonies or, excuse me, prayer requests of people who have desperate needs. We just prayed over a few of them. There's, there's many, many more in the church and on the plaza and our church family. However, anything that you might be facing, there's still some great things in your life. And if you can't see the goodness of your God in the little things, you'll always be waiting for that big thing. And you'll, you'll run out of hope. You'll run out of the thrill. You'll run out of the passion for the life that God has placed you in, in the here and now. And I wonder what big gifts you're waiting for. You might be missing all the little gifts that happen every single day. And, and I get it. Anytime you're waiting for anything, and I don't know about you, but I feel like everything I've ever wanted or desired from God, even things for our church, like total just God things that I've been believing for, they have always taken longer. I mean, I'm talking like not nine times out of 10. I'm talking like 100 out of 100. Everything. Like everything God I've ever really wanted, it's always taken longer than I thought it would. Most of the time, if not every time, it's always been better than I thought it would be but it always takes longer to come my way. And I think if you're gonna like, keep the hope alive, you need to understand this. God may take his time, but he always keeps his word. God's timing is not ours. It's higher than our, he knows what he's doing. He understands time better than we can. I mean, he invented it, he's outside of it, and he's right in the middle of it. And yet we have a perspective. The Bible says God is not late as we understand time, or he's always on time. And I think for the Israelites or for God's people, they were thinking for 400 years, is this the year? Is this the season? Is this the day? Is this the child? Is this the Messiah? And yet we now live, listen, we now live with the gift every day. The Bible says his mercy is new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. He's good every single day. We live in the reality that the gift isn't coming one day when that we have salvation in the here and then now, that's how you can keep your, your hope alive is understand that, that God, it might be slow by your timetable, but he's always right on time. He always keeps his word. I know we're people that don't like to wait. I was waiting in the Chick-fil-A um, line the other day and I was losing my, my salvation for my Christian chicken. And the car in front of me, it was like one of those big jumbo buses. I think it was like a Mormon family. They had like 11 kids all getting kids meals. And by the time I finally got there, the 13-year-old that was giving me my extra sauces, which I felt like I had to ask for too many, like he was, he was pressuring me into just taking a few, but I like variety, it's the spice of life. And 
He was like, my pleasure. I was like, no, my pleasure. And we just aren't people that like to wait. We, we want things right here, right now. And I'm telling you, good things come to the godly people that understand that God knows what he's doing. He, he, he isn't going to make a promise to you, something you've anchored yourself to. Because hope really is that anchor for the soul that we can hold on to. He's not going to make a promise that he's not going to come to pass. He just won't do it on your timeline. So we might as well enjoy the everyday gifts that are along the way. He is not late. He is never late. He wasn't late back then, and he's not late now. And friends, you don't have to wait 400 years for anything. You have the faithfulness of God, his Holy Spirit. We have precious promises that are yes and amen in Christ Jesus available to us every day. Look, you are fueled up by what you feed on. And if your hope is depleted, it's because you've been feeding on every empty thing that you see in front of you instead of receiving the fullness of what he is doing on the inside of you. So some of you, you need to change your diet. And I'm not just saying purge after Thanksgiving. I see some stretchy pants in the room. I'm just, I'm saying you just need to start looking at the things that are going to produce life. Not where you feel empty, but where God has filled you, filled you up. I think it's amazing, you know, on Thursday, uh, it's Thanksgiving, and we had this, like, it's like the one year where we have the big bird. Like, I'm not talking about Sesame Street, I'm talking like, it's a huge turkey. Growing up, my family, we, even when it was just the four of us or six of us, whoever, we, we would have like a 20-pound bird. It was massive. We would eat leftovers to like the next Thanksgiving. But do you know that, even though that is like a special day, do you know that like in our day and age, no deep theological stuff here, you know you can have turkey every day? You realize like Quiznos and Subway, like turkey is available every day. And I think so many of us, you're in expectation of just like that one big thing. Like it's gotta be this way, it's this special thing. I need it served to me by God on a platter, not realizing I can have a little bit of that every single day of my life. In no way, shape, or form, I'm not saying don't dream big. I'm telling you to dream bigger. You have a God that you can believe great things for. Again, if it gives glory to God and it's good for you, hold on to that. But don't let the hope die by looking at everything that hasn't happened yet. Start to look to the precious gifts that God has given you in the here and the now. Are you waiting with an expectation or a frustration? Both of them are waiting. One of them is waiting in hope. One of them is let hope die. When you're waiting in frustration, tapping your toes, shrugging your shoulders, frustrated at God, you're having an empty life when you can actually live full before the fulfillment of the promise or the prophecy in your life if you can wait with an expectation. You know, the Christmas story, in fact, in all of the Jesus stories, there's suddenly moments where things were one way and then they change. In a moment, in a God moment, in, in, in a heaven meets earth moment, things changed. That's why I love the book of Mark. It's like this action-packed book. It just goes from one thing to the next. It's just Jesus is on the move. And even in the story of Jesus' birth, this Christmas story that we celebrate, this Christmas story that we know so well, you realize things weren't, hadn't changed, and all, the moment, all of a sudden they changed. For 400 years it hadn't happened. All of a sudden it happens. These suddenly moments, right? Let's look at some of them in this story in Luke chapter two. And even if you didn't grow up in church, you know this story so well. Luke chapter two says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. The most ordinary, low-level job you could have. The most basic 
job mostly for migrants, for outsider people. That's what they did. They weren't allowed into worship. They were considered unclean. I love that the gospel comes to the lowest of the lows. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the God sh shone all around them, and they were terrified, as all of us would be as well. If that happened out of nowhere, you would be terrified. I don't know what an angel looks like. I'm sure they're beautiful and intimidating. If they look like precious moments, angels, you know they're the scariest thing on the planet. <laughs> but all of a sudden, out of nowhere, an angel shows up and they're terrified. And this is what we do. The human response to the unknown is, is confusion and many times fear. And yet what I want you to understand is when God begins to do something you weren't expecting that might be intimidating at first, it's actually because he's up to something greater. Like you ever wake up in the middle of the night, parents and your kids are right there in your face, and you're like, oh, holy night. Like it's the, it's the scariest moment, because you weren't expecting that. I feel like my kid, especially Graham, he's like part ninja vampire. Like he's up in the middle of the night, and he can sneak in, and you open your eyes, and there they are. And they, you love them so much, but they're not supposed to be there suddenly. They are. You're surprised with the unexpected. It says this, though. If they didn't run away in fear, they stayed, and the angels begin to sing. The angel said to them, do not be afraid, because I'm bringing you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Yes, he is Christ the Lord. And this is where you'll find him. This is the sign. You'll find him as a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Now listen, when he heard this, when they heard this, first of all, they were outsiders, and God's message always goes to the outsiders. I love that. If you're an outsider here today, welcome home. God wants to speak to you. God wants to reach you right where you're at. This message is for you. But they are terrified at first. They're intimidated. It's uncertain. The suddenly thing happens, and yet they just stay in that moment, and then they hear, hey, God's up to what you've been believing, desiring, and wanting. For generations, it's coming to pass. However, it's a baby in Bethlehem, born in a manger, born in a barn. Many times it does not look like you think it's going to look. And maybe the thing that has been intimidating you, maybe even been afraid of, is actually what God has sent to help you find his peace and to grab a hold of your hope again. Some of you are afraid to surrender all in to Jesus like many people will do next week as we celebrate baptism. Some of you have never made a public declaration of your faith because you're worried about what people think, not knowing that that stepping into the waters of uncertainty will bring a, a security in your life and a peace into your heart. Some of you are afraid of forgiving someone, like it's going to let them off the hook, which you don't realize it will bring healing and get the hooks out of your heart. Some of you are afraid of giving not realizing that it's going to bring a refreshment to your soul and it will change you from the inside out. And if you don't run away in intimidating things, realize that God sometimes packages things differently than you thought. And if you'll just stay there, keep hope alive, watch and see. It says suddenly. I believe some suddenly moments are going to happen to you even before 2019 is open. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the one angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth to men whom his favor rests. Peace on earth. I love that. What more could you ask for than peace and favor? What more could you desire? That's a promise every one of us can hold on to. Because of the gift of Jesus, because of this Christmas story, you can hope for that, that God's going to get some glory and you can have peace and favor.
I think all of us, when we read this story, it's a glorious story. But realize these are ordinary people just doing their job in the middle of the night. Something unexpected, something suddenly happened. Yet they didn't run away. They stayed in that moment. And God says, hey, it's not going to look like you thought it would look, but let me tell you, it's going to be glorious. And there is peace and favor coming for all men. It's coming for, for you. All of us want peace. I know this more than ever. Like the best part of like Thanksgiving to me is just like it's being with family. And sometimes the best part of Thanksgiving is when the kids go to sleep and I just have some peace. You want peace in your family, peace in your lives. We want peace in our nation, peace in our city. But to get peace down here, we got to get the right perspective about who he is up there. It starts with saying glory to God in the highest. And when you have him in the highest place, then you can experience his peace even in your lowest place. To keep hope alive, why don't you write this down? Glorify him for all he is up there, and then you can experience his peace right here. If you can learn in this season to not be looking at what hasn't happened yet, but be looking to how good he is and glorifying him, watch and see that you'll experience maybe not the breakthrough in the moment, but suddenly you can have peace in the midst of whatever uncertainty you might be walking through. Because the Christmas story reminds us, if not anything else, is that God isn't up there. He came down here. And by his Holy Spirit, he's here with us right now. And you've got that presence, that presence of the Prince of Peace with you and for you and on the inside of every single one of us. And the peace that we experience, Jesus says, is not peace like the world has. The peace I give to you isn't based upon an absence of frustration or an absence of external trouble. No, it's the presence of the Savior on the inside of you. And Jesus understands the human condition. He understands the dreams in your heart. He understands the frustration that you're facing and yet can give you peace to keep going even in a season where it feels like your hope has been deflated. You can keep hope alive. In fact, if you can just perceive his presence, you can receive his peace. Some of you, you keep looking for the, the payoff, the promise to come to pass, the fulfillment of the dream, and then you're going to have peace. No, if you can just know that his presence is with you, he has not forgotten you. If you can perceive his presence, you can receive his peace right here and now. He's here. He's ahead of you. He's on the inside of you. He's already finished it, that which he began. He'll be faithful to complete it in your life. You can have peace that even though you don't see it, you can trust that he is working. In fact, if you can learn to give him glory, why don't you write this down? When I give God the highest glory, he gives me the deepest peace. Glory means weight and value. And when you give God, how do you give God glory? You give God glory through worship. If I can worship him for who he is and who he is up there, I can experience his peace. If I can glorify him in the highest, then I can have his peace in my lowest of places. Peace is a supernatural result that happens when we lift our eyes, our heart, our voice, and our worship up to God. It has nothing to do with what you're seeing in front of you. It has everything to do for what you believe about the God who cares about you. And when you give him worship and adoration, you can expect that peace the Bible says it surpasses all understanding. In other words, it blows your mind. In no way, shape, or form should you have peace in the conflict that you're facing. In fact, you should be without hope, but somehow you have a thrill of hope, a lasting hope. Why? You are worshiping God, glorifying him for who he is up there. You can experience his peace right, right here. 
And ultimately, what you need to understand is even though you can't see how God is working, the Bible says that when we love him and when we serve him and when we trust him, he can work all things together. Every even mistake that you made, he can turn it around into a beautiful testimony. He works all things together for good. That those are called by God and you are called by God. And those that are called according to purpose, those that love him. How do you show your love to God? He shows love through worship. If you learn to worship him for all he is up there, you can experience his very best in the here and now, even before the breakthrough, before the dream becomes a reality, before the fulfillment of what you've been believing for. Ultimately, you have to understand God has a greater plan. I keep hope alive when I prioritize God's purpose over my plans. That he's got something greater that he's working on. He's working something greater in you than just the thing you want him to do for you. And when I learn to prioritize his purpose over my plans, over my agenda, I can always have a hope. Because I know it's not up to me. And really, that's what faith is. Faith is a natural obedience to a supernatural belief. In other words, it's learning to hand it over to God's hand that knows better and can do more and better than you and I can ever do. Listen, we got one month left in this year. Maybe it's been an unfulfilling year. It ain't over yet. Something great could happen. 2020, I believe it's going to be a great year. It's not going to be a perfect year. There's going to be hiccups and hangups and issues. There might be some fights, some conflicts, some disappointment. Like, I'm sorry, Mr. Griswold, the tree might not fit perfectly this year. <laughs> sorry, Mom, you might have to, like, go without the perfect Christmas picture. Like, I know those are small things, but even in big things, you might not get the promotion. It might be the opposite. Things might not work out, but you have to understand God is at work in something greater. And if you want to keep your hope, it can't just be what you can produce in your own hands. You've got to understand that I'm going to prioritize his agenda, his, his, his purpose for my life over my plans. When I, when I think about that story of, of Mary, like Mary, Jesus' mother, like she's amazing. Like she would not have been picked out by God if she wasn't special. She was special. The Bible says she was, she was faithful. She was, she was pure. She was, she was awesome. And her response to when Jesus is about ready to come into the world, when she's going to birth the Savior of all. Like her response is legendary. But what she understood is like, this was not in my plans. But ultimately, God, I want your purpose more than my plan. And I think God knew he could trust her. Let me just switch the tables for a moment. If you are facing something that seems like too difficult, too hard, too, too costly, could it be that God actually trusts you to fulfill something greater through you? Change your perspective. Instead of, why is this happening to me? Mary doesn't say that. In fact, her response is beautiful. Luke chapter 1, verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. You want to have hope in your life? Realize I'm not here to be served. I don't need God to serve everything to me. I'm here to serve my God. May your word to me be fulfilled. And it says, and then the divine, like the, the angel left. The message of God was gone. And there she was with her decision. I'm going to serve God. This wasn't in my plans, but I have prioritized your purpose, God, over my plan. 
Because Mary, she wanted a wedding ceremony. Now she's got to like bring forth the Savior. She was like still working on the wedding registry. Now she skipped right over to baby registry. Like nothing about Jesus was convenient for her. What an honor with a cost. Some of you are paying the cost right now. Guess what? There's an honor coming for those that don't quit, for those that don't give up, for those that hold on to hope, for those that keep hope alive, for those that can get the thrill back. You've been paying a cost. Guess what? God says, hey, you're my servant. I'm trusting you. You say, okay, God, be it unto me. I'm going to trust your word. Even when I don't know how this could ever work out, I'm going to trust your word. Think about it. She wanted a baby. Of course she did. But after the wedding, on her timeline, but that wasn't the plan of heaven. She didn't want to birth that baby in a barn. She didn't want to be on the run from King Herod for two years. She didn't want to see that son grow up for 30 years, like waiting for the promise that God gave her. She didn't want to see that son ridiculed and even like, like put down in their own hometown. She didn't want to see that son on the cross. No way. In fact, I think if God would have told her all of the cost before the promise was fulfilled, she would not have said, be it unto me according to your word. And some of you are paying a price you didn't want to pay. It's too difficult. It's frustrating. You feel unfulfilled. But guess what? The plan of heaven is coming to pass. Prioritize his purpose over your plan. Because God is good and does good. And he knows what he's doing in your life. Her response is, I'm here to serve you. You're not here to serve me, God. And if you live your life that way, you'll be so filled with hope. I think you'll have so much favor, so much peace, so much fulfillment, and you won't even care because you're realizing life really isn't about you. It's about what God can do through you. Don't look at the problem. If she just looked at the problem, which would be a child while she's young, it'd be the difficulty of explaining this to, to Joseph. It'd be the, the alienation of her family. No, she looked to the promise. And that's why she was able to bring in a living hope into our world. She looked past the pain, the rejection, the childbirth, and she looked to the promise. And she saw God's interruption as a divine invitation. Some of you, your plans have not gone the way you thought. They have been interrupted. And maybe it was your own mistake, and maybe it was just a messed up world. Maybe you got done wrong by somebody else. But you can start seeing interruptions with the right response as divine invitation for God to figure it out, for God to go to work, for God to make it come to pass. Some of you are at the end of your own ability. That's a great place to be. Because if you get to that place and you can keep your hope and keep your faith and keep your perspective right, you'll be right in the perfect place where God can do what only he can do and say, hey, I don't need my plan. I want God's purpose. I want God's plan. Some of the greatest invitations of God come with interruptions. And I want to just interrupt your Christmas season before it even begins and give you an invitation to get your heart right, to get your hope back, to see that peace on earth as you learn to glorify God for where he is, to have his favor show up and bring fulfillment in every area of your life on the plaza right here in the north location. Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? I just want to pray for anybody and everybody who says, I've lost my hope. Maybe I've lost my way. I've been frustrated at God because I haven't seen it come to pass yet. I've been believing for something that I know is a God thing, but it seems like it's taking way too long. And I just want to interrupt your timeline and say that God is at work. He knows what he's doing. 
He can be trusted. Hold on to hope. Keep that hope alive. You will not go through this situation unfulfilled. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are good. You do good. You've got a good plan. With long life, you will satisfy us. In this world, we make mistakes. In this world, there's broken system and a fallen world. And yet you are making all things new. Lord, I thank you for every promise that people are holding on to. Every God thing they're desiring and believing. Some of the things they have given up on, they seem like broken dreams. And yet, God, you are the restorer. I pray that you come right now and have your way. Bring your peace. Lord, help us to glorify you every day of our lives. Live a life of worship. Help us to enjoy every gift and every day, not just waiting for the big payoff or breakthrough. And Lord, I thank you that if we live right every single day, you're going to lead our guide our steps to places we never could get in our own ability. Lord, I pray peace over every single storm, healing over every broken heart, and restoration in every area of their life. Lord, supernaturally, by your Holy Spirit, fill our church, every one of our, of our church family, all of our friends and family here today. Fill them with an everlasting hope not based on what they see, but based on what they believe about you. And Lord, we thank you that you are at work. You are at work. Lord, I think we will enjoy this season. We'll experience your best. And as we glorify you, that we'll have peace on earth and favor will rest on us in Jesus' name. Let's stay in this moment of prayer. Keep your head bowed and eyes closed just for one last second. Join us on the plaza if you need a fresh start with Jesus. The Bible says in a prophecy that unto us, a child is born. Unto us, a son has been given. And I think you can make the Christmas story really personal. It's unto me. It's unto you that Jesus came. It is a gift that has been given, but you have to receive it. You cannot live off your parents' salvation or faith. You have to receive it for yourself. You can't live off the fact that you've been to church a few times. You've got to open the gift of salvation for yourself. The Bible says it's a gift you didn't deserve. It's a gift you couldn't earn. It's the greatest gift of all. And the way we unwrap it is by faith and declaration of saying, Jesus, you are who you say you are. I believe your word. I believe you're good. I believe you came from God as a gift, paid the price for my sins on the cross. You are risen and you are coming again. And I want to receive that gift of grace. If you're here, the Bible says we believe in our heart and we confess in our mouth that Jesus is Lord. And that gift is yours. It can't be taken from you. Some of you, though, you've prayed that prayer and you need to come back to the gift. You've wandered off and it's time to come back home. So what we're going to do in just a moment, both locations linked together as one big family. We're going to pray this believer's prayer, this declaration of faith. We're going to receive that gift. And yet there's some people, I bet, at both locations, this is your day, your day of salvation, to receive the gift for yourself or maybe for you to come back home to Jesus. Come back home to God's grace. I'm not going to single you out in any way. I just want to know who I'm praying with, with no one looking around. Both locations, if you need a fresh start to your faith or you need to receive this gift for the very first time, would you have just the humility to say, hey, Pastor Kyle, that's me. Include me in the prayer. Just lift your hand right where you're at, at the seat that you're in. I see your hands are going up here. Even on the plaza, lift your hands so we can just count you in. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. That's awesome. That's awesome. Come on, church family, let's pray this prayer together. Say this with me. Come on, Plaza. Let's pray together. Say this. Say, thank you, God, for the gift of Jesus, the beautiful gift of your grace. I didn't deserve it, but I receive it because it's mine. I thank you for sending Jesus, whose life, 
He gave up on the cross so you could save my life. I believe my sin is paid for and my future is in your hands. I turn around from my old life. I give you my future. I give you my heart. I am all yours now and forever in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, Plaza. Come on, North. Let's celebrate every salvation, every changed life. I love you all very much. Merry Christmas.